G'day guys and welcome to the next episode of the Two Red Chairs podcast. I'm Frank and today I have a very special guest all the way from America in the US, from Fort Lauderdale, and that is Diana from Diana Get Social. How are you doing today? I am doing amazing. Super excited to be here. Awesome. So Diana, can you tell us a bit about what it is you do? Because you're a little bit unique to what the designers that may be listening to this um, and that follow this G'day Design Life account, um, but you still help creatives, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, the reason that I have a passion for creatives is because originally I did go to school for graphic design. I actually dropped Uh, out. Yeah, and I started working in marketing um, as a social media manager. So what I do now is I'm a social strategist and content creator. And because I have this design background as well, I help a lot of creatives as well with their social media strategy. Amazing. How good is that? And you've you clearly enjoy this because yes. the amount of stories that I see from <laughs> Diana is just amazing to watch and they're always very entertaining. There's nothing boring about them by any stretch. Um, and there's a huge amount of value in, involved in what uh, Diana puts out there. So I would highly encourage you to check Diana out on Instagram and we'll give you those links in the show notes and at the end of the show as well. But um, I want to dig in firstly, Diana, to um, a point about um, putting yourself out there on social media as... Um, a personality online. So for a mm-hmm. lot of us as designers, we're very, uh, fairly introverted, I would say, for most of us to to not feel like we could get in front of a camera, either with photos or, or video or even audio. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's from a fear or scared or, or whatever it is, or insecurity, probably most likely. Um, but what's your take on that? And how is it that you've got to a point of putting yourself out there so prolifically, but in a fantastic way. Well, thank you. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> the funny thing is I must confess that before coming onto this podcast and probably still a little bit right now, like my palms are sweaty and I'm anxious, uh, but I'm excited and I'm doing it. And yeah. I think a lot of the times we get caught up in this feeling that we have to sound like an expert from day one because we're looking at the Christos, Michael Jandas, the Gary V's of the world, mm-hmm. and they have been doing this for a long time they've been in the public eye for a long time so if you're looking at it like a video game they're kind of like say level 10 just (laughs) a sand random number and we're level one trying to start at level 10 so it's kind of crazy (laughs) to just kind of throw the expectation on ourselves so then we fall into imposter syndrome and all of that fun stuff um so i think it's just really being okay with you know this is where i'm at and also thinking what is it about me that i want to share with the world um, what do I stand for? How do I want to make people feel? And maybe even asking some people that really know you, hey, like, what do you associate with me? Like, what kind of things or what do you really love about my personality to get a better idea of how you can convey your personality on social media? And do you think that comes primarily, obviously, oh, do you think it comes primarily from your own personality? Like, are you like this uh, on a day-to-day, like the way that you portray yourself on online? Is that, is that any different or are you adding an extra, you know, 10% or whatever? Um, like if I'm being a little bit more um, outgoing on camera or... Yeah, let's 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 say, you know, anytime you're putting yourself yeah. on in, in video and camera um, for something that is, you know, of value to your community that you have mm. now, especially on Instagram and even on TikTok that I see you're now very active on. Yeah. Um, do you feel that it's necessary to put yourself up, you know, a little bit more in terms of 
um, virality to, to really kind of engage with people? Um, I'd say that I'm the same person yep. um, in real life, but it kind of depends in the sense that when I first get to know somebody, I'm very introverted. So mm. I might seem like, oh, Diana's fake. So sometimes I worry about that because I actually have met a few of my followers in real life and I get stressed because I'm like, well, you know, they see me all the time on stories, but uh, I, I need to get like acclimated to the person. Um, but no, I mean, I don't think there's a big difference with the way that I am. If, I don't know if I understood the question correctly. Is that? No, no, no. That's, yeah? that's, I think that's perfectly <laughs> fine. I think the parallel for me is that I was talking about this to some, some people the other day and it, and even just before we started chatting here um, about how my personality that I kind of convey on here mm-hmm. kind of isn't akin to how I would generally interact with my family, especially my wife and, 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 and kid where I'm not like, you know, 150% to, to really engage. I'm, I'm yeah. a much more quiet mm. and a bit more reserved and, and kind of very not thoughtful, but just kind of considered oh. in the way I kind of talk. Whereas out here, I'm just like, million feel like i'm a million miles an hour in, in, yeah. in comparison and to the point where i've had friends go you know you don't sound like this you know <laughs> in real life. Why, why is that different and i said well i feel like i'm kind of in my element where i've found mm-hmm. something that i quite enjoy and put myself out there whereas if i'm in a place where i don't feel that's either necessary or if it's um not appropriate or i don't feel comfortable mm. like as you say when you're trying to meet someone new or you're you have a certain relationship with somebody you're, you could be a totally different personality and you, you kind of, uh, for me, I, I pick and change my yeah. dynamic in terms of how I interact. So I just wanted from your own perspective, if that yeah. was kind of similar or, or you're just, this is Diana, like, which yeah, I'd no. love if it was just Diana. Yeah, no, actually, like, now that you mentioned the family part, actually, I am different with family. I am more quiet with family. Um, I don't know why. I mean, it's my family. I've known them for a while, but I'm definitely more quiet yeah. with family. Um, and I have gotten some comments sometimes like, hey, you know, on Instagram stories, you're this person, but then in family reunions, you're super quiet. Why is that? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Same. I don't really feel like I can burst out and dance or song on <laughs> in front of my family like that sometimes, even though they're pretty yeah. crazy themselves. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, yeah. It's a weird thing. And I think for me, it's a self-conscious thing or, or something, or you, that's just how you feel comfortable or that's how you're yeah. maybe you're known. So if you started going a bit, you know, the way you would probably do online, they'd be like, Diana, what's wrong with you? Or yeah. Frank, what's wrong with you, man? Like, <laughs> yes, it would. Are, you, are you drunk or something? Or what's going yeah. on? Like, are you taking something? Um, oh man. So yeah, but in yeah, in do you find it something that you quite enjoy putting yourself out there online with your and showing your personality? Like, is that something you enjoy, or is it yeah. kind of just a labor? No, you know, actually, at first it was. At first it was okay. when I first started, and I felt the pressure to show up on mm-hmm. camera. It did mm-hmm. feel like that. Um, but then after a while I got used to it and now I really enjoy it. And I just kind of, it's like my hand is possessed and I'm like, Oh, grab the phone and yeah, let's record yeah, yeah. a story. <laughs> <laughs> I, love it. I mean, that was very similar for me. Like, and I think you might've been the same when you were talking about the amount of takes that you would do for a video. Oh yeah. And, uh, man, I was the same. Like <laughs> I would get to the point where it would be three hours later for a minute video <laughs> and I just yes. hadn't got it. And I'm just like, fuck. Oh my um, God. Yeah. But it's just funny even sharing those bloopers, and I've seen you yeah. do that with bloopers. Yeah, no, even in pictures. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, even pictures. I think that was the thing. All the photos that I share with my content mm. at the moment, I stood here in this little studio here and took, it was like two and a half thousand photos. <laughs> it was just like on timer, and I was just like, click, 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 click. <laughs> You're all a the great model, poses. though. Oh, 
seriously, like your, your pictures, your, you, you have all these angles down and everything. You just look so majestic. And you have like this one Jeez, picture majestic, right now. I think it's probably a stretch. <laughs> no, I mean, it's like, it's so good. You have this one thumbnail I was just looking at. I don't remember the exact video. I think it might have been an imposter, an imposter syndrome video that you were mm -hmm. looking at the camera, but then you had another one in the background. I'm like, wow. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> That's what happens when you take 3,000 photos. <laughs> you've got something to work with. You'd hope you've got like 10 out of 3,000 to work with. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, in terms of your social profile then, um, how how do you feel like you've created a personality that, that matches with what you're doing um, in terms of, you know, because you're creating content for other creators, mm -hmm. um, you kind of... From my perspective, I need to feel like I have to show the way in terms of this is what you can do with this kind of stuff. Is uh -huh. that kind of for you? You need to kind of lead the way to show what is possible and and what um, what these uh, creative individuals or tech people can do to to bolster their brands and their businesses and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's one hundred percent. And actually, that's one of the reasons that I really wanted to leave my job because I felt that. Um, a lot of the times what happened because social media has been around for a while, but it's still pretty new. And so you get a client that goes to the agency and the, and the client wants to go to 10,000 followers the next day and the agency maybe doesn't want to give pushback to the client. So like, yeah, we can do that. And then they buy the followers and there's this massive disconnect about what's possible and how. So I was met with a lot of resistance when I argued against things like that like no like this is how it needs to go we need to take our time and it's going to be much more rewarding in the end because if we buy the followers and we're just screwing over the account so yep. um when i left my job my main thing is i always want to be very transparent about what it's actually like i don't want to promise anybody that works with me that i'm going to get them ten thousand dollars not dollars uh, followers that'd tomorrow. be nice too wouldn't it <laughs> in a brown that. paper bag <laughs> yeah i know i mean it's crazy mm -hmm. So I just want to be very transparent about the process, what you can do, what you actually have to do um, without sugarcoating it. Like, I don't want to be the equivalent of, like, the skinny teas in the fitness industry. Like, drink this tea and lose 10 pounds, you know? Yeah, I think you definitely need to kind of lead by example. That's if, if And this is for myself as a, a person that does branding for clients. Like, if I can't brand yeah. myself, how can that – I can't I, – in my head, logically, I can't understand why a client would want to hire me if I couldn't brand myself the way that I mm -hmm. would – you know, they would want to have their brand done. And I'd say right. that'd be very similar for yourself with, with your social media content. Um, yeah. That's my little dude upstairs. <laughs> if anyone hears these bangs, it is a Saturday morning here in, uh, in Sydney and I've got a little dude upstairs banging around upstairs. So, um, anyway, we'll press on. What I'm very impressed about with you, Diana, is um, the way that you organize your content and and put out the necessary parts and pieces and, and parts of what it is you do, both on social media mm -hmm. and in uh, newsletters, I think, as well, and, yeah. and other forms of um, content where it's it's impressive to see just how structured and organized, because for me, I am terrible at this. Like, I don't do all this kind of stuff. And um, it, it's one of those things that when I look at you, I'm like, damn, that's it. Like, that's just impressive. So how, how is it that you've got to a point where you, you can categorize everything and, and, mm -hmm. and walk us through what it is that you do to, to make it right in your head to be able to put out all this stuff? Well, the first thing is, I think when you have a single platform that you're on, it's easy to kind of just wing it. I mean, you don't mm -hmm. really need to have all the documents, all the spreadsheets, I think, yep. maybe just for yep. metrics. Um, but once you're bringing in other platforms, then 
it's much better to have this overview of everything that you're doing. However, a lot of people feel the need because of the things that they see on social media that you need to be on every single platform. And while that is very beneficial, it doesn't mean that you have to go from zero to 100. Um, mm. Similarly, like you're not going to go. I feel like I have all these fitness comparisons. No, <laughs> you're not going to go from like eating all the candy and having no diet to counting every single macronutrient that you consume. It takes time. Um, but a misconception that people have is that simplicity can be stupid. It's dumb, um, but it's not. You know, I say, and something that I've done is to start so small that you think about it. And you're like, wow, that's stupid easy. You know, I, I can do that. Okay, then prove it to yourself. Keep it up. Mm -hmm. So if that's one platform, then okay, do three posts. I mean, it's not much, but do three posts. Keep it up for a while, maybe two weeks, a month. You know and then add to it. So maybe you add another post or you add in more video content. And then once you're really getting the hang of it, you bring in another platform. Maybe it's email marketing. You build a digital download to get more leads to your email. Um, so just really taking it small and then scaling from there. So I have, um, for example, a spreadsheet to track my metrics on social media. So I'm not just guessing what I think did well. I'm looking, you know, what's getting, um, the most action in terms of reach, uh, website clicks, percentage of non-followers. Um, so then I get a better overview of what is it that I need to put out there. And in another spreadsheet, I have every single piece of content that tells me where everything's going so I can see a better timeline of everything mm. that I'm putting out there or else when you get to that level in your content marketing and you're not tracking it like that, it kind of just feels like you're just throwing things out there and just crossing your fingers and hoping for the best and getting upset if nothing's happening, you know, so. Which is me in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. I believe in you though. Like, oh, have yeah. you seen Gary Vee's slideshow? I have, I have. In terms of creating content like that, I think it's very, very simple. And I think that's the thing to take away from, from that document that he's put out is that there's, you just need those little small wins that can, uh, accumulate into something that is substantial and yeah. they don't need to be all these epic 10 minute long videos yeah. like I freaking do on this channel. <laughs> um, thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, to have those little bits and then, and see where you, it can take you. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it becomes um, inertia and momentum to be able to then do the next thing. And that's kind of how I felt. Like I put up one post of my stuff and then I started putting up yeah. two posts and then doing it, you know, five days a week and then it became seven days a week and then I started throwing yeah. video and then started doing a podcast and it just accumulates and you get more comfortable yeah. and then you find the time and then you go, you think to yourself, if I knew what I was doing now, a year ago, I'd be like, oh man, you were an idiot. Like, <laughs> how can you, I don't want to be excited and doing this. This is a ridiculous amount of work, but you do it because you enjoy it and all that kind of stuff. Right, but, yeah. But you, you do it great because, you know, I think a lot of people think that they have to post every single day and I don't know if you you stand by that statement of like having to post every single day, but um, I don't think that you need to. I mean, no, I think I, it's more the consistency it. of it. Correct. Yeah, very much so. I, I mean, mm -hmm. I do the, the, the daily thing because I think it's just trying to get everything that's out of my head into yeah, something yeah. And, and document in that way. And, and daily seems like a kind of, it feels like nearly even a journaling kind of exercise of, of just getting what yeah. I've learned or understood or come to, you know, come yeah. to pass and everything like that and then share it with people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like in terms of your organization, to get back to that quickly, is that same thing with you and what you have to do for your clients. You would need, like if, if you're going to be doing this kind of stuff for your clients and be organized to show them what they're needing to be doing, mm -hmm. you need to be doing the same organization for you. So you may yeah. as well be doing that. So that's, I yeah. think, that's yeah, a big no. thing of, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, that would suck if I didn't do it for myself and then I'm teaching that. <laughs> yeah, no, you'd be fine. You're just working out. <laughs> just rogue Diana. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, in terms of... Um, uh, what was it? In terms of organized... Uh, no, it was... It was more... Oh, jeez, I'm going really rogue here. Your point that you put up the other day about... Mm-hmm. Um, this was very, very interesting. This is why I'm trying to get the right words right. Was that you put up a piece of content that said, "This is how I figure out what my clients um, want to hear or what they speak, so I yeah. can speak to them back to them." Mm-hmm. And can you talk us through that so I just don't absolutely ruin? Yeah, this? no, no problem. <laughs> yeah, no, no problem. Yeah, it's like so. I notice this happen in pretty much every niche, but since we're talking to creatives here, it happens a lot to designers where they end up talking to other designers and that's not who they're trying to reach. Um, Because something that happens is that when we are an expert or just really good at what we do, not necessarily having to be an expert, we know more than whoever needs to hire us. And we begin to talk in a way that might be a little bit too, um, I don't wanna say professional, but um, too technical maybe. Um, Mm -hmm. or even topics that are irrelevant to the kind of person that we want to reach. So something that I like to do is to study my introductory calls with people. And if you don't have any clients yet, then invite some of your followers that have been really interacting with your content because a lot of the time, some of your most loyal followers are people that have been on the fence anyway about working Mm -hmm. with you, um, Mm -hmm. but they haven't reached out because reaching out kind of symbolizes that they have some level of commitment. So by you initiating that contact, it just makes them feel more at ease um, and invite them on a complimentary, no strings attached call where you are just basically giving them a free consult and really listening to the problems, the things that they're trying to work through and let them talk. Don't project anything onto them. Um, So what I do with those kind of calls or my discovery calls is I record those calls and I save the audio that my guest, the audio from when my guest was talking and I get it transcribed on a site like rev.com. And then I copy and paste that into a word cloud software. And this is free. I mean, there are some paid ones online, but I don't have to pay for one to get these results. I just Google one and I paste it in there. Um, In some of them, you can even put the frequency of a word. So if a word appears more than three times, then please show it on the word cloud. So then that shows me the language that's been repeated as people are expressing what they're working through. So I know from these words that show up, so say in my case, um, content creation comes up a lot or content strategy shows up a lot. So I know, okay, they're struggling a lot with this. So I need to talk more about content strategy. Um, If you wanna get even more specific um, about what to talk about like in regards to like content strategy, for example, I might go on a call with somebody who needs help with that specifically and just further narrow it down based from a content strategy call. Um, But it's just a really great way to figure out what are the words that you need to use for the stories that you need to tell. And it saved me a lot of time because normally you have a note taker on a call to take these notes for you. So since I don't have a note taker, I just do this and it's simple. It it blew my mind uh, (laughs) when I saw this and I was like, wait, wait, what? Like. This is the thing with Instagram especially is that you kind of scroll through things and you don't take a full like full 100% um, attention to things. And it wasn't until I heard like um, word cloud and transcribing, I was like, wait, what? And then it went back, 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 back. And I was like, holy hell, this is 
<laughs> I think this is very much a game changer, especially for someone that does copywriting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. even even for designers that do uh, branding, where you include uh, messaging as part of your brand strategy, let's say, um, yeah. for a client to understand what it is that they have in their own sort of vernacular um, yeah. to to talk about what their business is and does and all that kind of thing. But in the same respect as well is to know what a client is looking for from yourself as a designer yeah. um, to then understand how to position yourself or how to talk about the right kind of stuff in content or or put messaging on your website that connects and that is dumbed down. Like I see this thing yeah. a lot where, and this is something that Donald Miller talks about in um, Building a Story Brand, where he says, you know, we think we're communicating to our clients or customers at, um, you know, level one where we should be, but our ne- our level of knowledge is at level 10, but we're actually communicating at like level seven or six. We haven't dumbed it down enough to yeah. be able to communicate it effectively because they don't know the verbology and term- terminology of what it is we do. Right. You know, content strategy might be something that just goes, what the hell's content? Yeah, <laughs> what the hell's like, content what, strategy? <laughs> What's brand strategy? What's, you know, typography? All these kinds of yeah. things that would just absolutely boggle the mind of, you know, yeah. a, a lay person. Um, client that yeah if you could speak their language you know your job done really that's the best way to communicate um especially uh, you know as a designer um so kudos very much kudos to (laughs) you on that one um (laughs) let me ask you as well in terms of creating content for designers now i see a lot of designers may struggle with this kind of idea of expectation to put content up because mm-hmm. it's a freely available platform you may as well take advantage of something that is free to put yourself out there mm-hmm. um but i see a lot of designers that that chop and change of what they are trying to put out there in terms of content um it could be you know tips for other designers which i think uh-huh. is a, a bit of an odd one when then they're not someone that you're trying to attract to bring in business for your business yeah. um or it could be your portfolio kind of work for client work, or it could be stuff that's just about your personality and, and what you know and how you apply yeah. your process and that kind of stuff. For your, from your own point of view, what do you think is probably the, a good way to go about figuring out what kind of content you should be making as a creative? Um, number one is to not even stay stuck in that phase of figuring it out and just start posting whatever feels right. You know, I think that's where nine times, well, I don't say nine times out of 10, but like I'd say half of the time at least when I talk to people they haven't even started because they're trying to get the answers from me and I just tell them to go and post up and then we can talk and look over the metrics for that and we can build a plan from that but um, people like we're going back to like the first question about like showing your personality people are overthinking it because of what they're seeing online then they don't do anything so I think the best way to go about it is to not think about it so much about the technicalities of things just post your work um talk to people like show up on on camera because yeah. there are so many um especially in the in, in the creative and the tech fields we're very behind the scenes people so um, our comfort zone is just kind of sharing our work sharing graphics or even like curated content sometimes but mm-hmm. never really ourselves which was something that was hard for me in the beginning to do even though i worked in social media because i was always doing it for somebody else but never in front of the camera mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but if you have like if you have somebody that's looking to hire you and you have two identical profiles, um, relatively identical, one of them is just graphics, case studies, but nothing 
showing them and then the other one the person is talking to their audience which one do you think is going to be much more easy to connect with um, or have more advantages to connect with the client you know even if it's unrelated things uh to the business say like um they have they really like chinese food i don't know stupid stuff like that <laughs> and you also really like chinese food it just creates more opportunities for connection and we hold back because we're scared of seeming awkward on camera or we don't live in the most glamorous place so we care about the backdrop and not having the best setup but you know it, it doesn't matter it's about the great stuff that you put out there, the consistency you get better with time and even the things that make you seem awkward even are things that make you more relatable and maybe even inspire somebody who feels awkward and wants to be on camera so it's a win always a win Def i think definitely and i've had these conversations with other creatives and i'm like do you want to get on camera and do something or or podcast or whatever and they go I don't, a, I struggle with getting on the camera and B, I don't know if anything that I would say is a value to somebody. I'm like, you don't know if, unless you try kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and you might be very surprised and it might be a very cathartic experience to go through. And even if you do it once and don't mm. do it ever again, whatever, you know that you have done it and you can be hopefully proud of that. But yeah, I, I, I can see where the struggle comes from and, and just... yeah. To, to put yourself out there is is a challenge, but it is. For, I don't know if you would agree with this, that once you get into the rhythm of doing it, it becomes more objective-based rather than having to think about what it is that's going around, what you look like, what you sound like, what you're saying, that kind of stuff. It's just like yeah. I need to get something out, out there yeah. because I have this thing in my head and I feel like it would be a value to somebody. Yeah. Um, or it might be a case of I'm not too sure if it would be a value, but I may as well put it out there right. and see what happens. And yeah. for me, nine times out of 10, the stuff that I think won't work does work. And I've heard Gary V say this and it's just like, it's all well and good. You can't replicate it. You just have to find something that, you know, you just put out anything and everything yeah. and the stuff that you think isn't going to work instead of yeah. putting it on the table and shelving it, yeah, put it out there and see what happens. And yeah, you might be definitely. pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I guess this point where you're just like, you know what, I, I have this mission to help people that is much greater than the fear or the doubt that I'm feeling, so might yeah, as well just nice. go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Something funny I've been doing is I've been making it my mission to uh, um, pop people's uh, collaboration cherry. Um, <laughs> 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 so like I've been telling people who tell me they're scared to get on camera and collaborate with others. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give you a dare. You have a week to set up five collaborations, and I'll be one of them. So that's four that you need to find. And so like so far, nice. I've had one person do it. I just did it this okay. week with one person, yeah. Um, so it's been exciting for me to do that for others because they're like, oh, no, I don't know what to do. And I'm scared. Like, it's OK. You know, you already have one. You have me. <laughs> so what would be your tip then for collaboration? Like how how would you approach that with somebody else to to do something like that? And then what could you what kind of ideas could you do to to best maximize that opportunity of having someone else in the in the picture there to create some extra added value? I mean, like how to make people comfortable about doing that or well, or just in terms of how would you go about doing it as a as a you know an individual that you're you're putting yourself out there to mm -hmm. create content but if if the idea is to better maximize opportunities to get that message out there mm -hmm. by collaborating with somebody how do you go about what's the best way to kind of do, do that is it just you know reaching out to say hi i really like your content yeah um yeah. would you and I really like the point on this thing. Could we expand on it in something else? Mm -hmm. Would you want to collaborate? Is that the kind of way that you would go about it? Um, if you already have a relationship with the person, yeah. I mean, I think that's the best way, honestly, to collaborate is to create mm. collaborations from relationships that you've already built. So if they don't already, already have that, then I encourage them to go and talk to some people that they might have been eyeballing but scared to reach out to because 
I think what they do sometimes is they look at other people, whether it's a small account or big account, and kind of assume like there's this, it's like this impenetrable social circle that they just can't make it inside of. So stop thinking that it's something you can't get inside of. You can, but you have to put yourself in that position to go in. And what's the worst that can happen? You know, you don't get a response at all, or they say no because they're a jerk. I don't know. I don't think I've ever turned anyone down that's asked me if I could, you know, add a a response to something that they want to put out, like a carousel post of my opinion on a specific topic. Like, I've never yeah. said no, and I don't see why I wouldn't say yeah. yes, apart from if I didn't just physically didn't have the time. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think that's how, I mean, that's how we've got on a podcast right now. Like, we've, we've chatted and conversed, and originally I asked Diana for um, a collaboration for a post I did on my G'day Frank page um, mm-hmm. to add her expertise into something and it's about what that person can offer not what you could offer that person kind of thing so it's just like yeah um if you could give some leverage in return for what that person can offer back to you and in, in your audience mm-hmm. then that's kind of it needs to be something that's mutually um agreeable or acceptable or whatever beneficial let's say yeah um, but if but if it's not though keep it very simple i, I would maybe that would be my own sort of point yeah. Um, like, can you give me like a, a one sentence answer to this question kind of thing? Like very, very top line. Yeah. And then you could build it from there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the bigger accounts that are very busy. That might be a good way to just kind of work your way in there with a the one sentence. Mm, mm, mm. Or create good enough content that, that you get on the radar of them and they start contacting yeah, you. That too. All of it. <laughs> Do all the things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, in terms of recently, I saw, well, just this week, I saw you talking about um, likes being removed. So in the States, you guys are about oh, yeah. to have it or you've, have you had it happen not yet? yet. Or, I'm not waiting yet. Okay. for it. I think some people have yeah. it, but I don't. Not yet. Yeah. Okay. So it, yeah, as I've, I think I've told you as well, we haven't had it in Australia now for six months and same in Canada. And to be honest, I don't think about likes anymore. Yeah. just from the fact that you don't see them you see your own metric and everything but you don't see other people so you're not comparing those likes right um you see comments and everything but that's kind of it so i want to get from your perspective what in terms of metrics because you're having to understand metrics to see what success means for either your clients or yourself to then be able to replicate that and then translate that into more content mm-hmm. to ride that wave What's your perspective on metrics and how to go about that in a healthy mindset for, mm-hmm. for you know, designers or creatives that are, you know, wanting to create content and are focusing on likes or, or shares or comments or followers? Yeah. Kind of yeah. Well, I'm, I'm happy the likes are going away because um, something I mentioned earlier is a low value metric in the sense that, you know, it's anybody can just double tap. Right. But mm-hmm. leaving a comment mm-hmm. is a very thought out thing. DM. Um, I actually do measure the shares because it just tells me that there was something valuable yeah. about that, that somebody felt that they wanted to share it with their audience, which just symbolizes that they have some kind of trust in the value of the content. So primarily what I care about um, are the shares. Um, I want to know about the reach. I want to know how many people I'm getting to, especially the percentage of non followers. Um, which if you're not, I mean, some people argue about not needing hashtags, but I think that they're very helpful anyway. Like recently I've been noticing a lot more reach, um, on my hashtags. I worked actually with, um, Dave Talas, um, who has a great, uh, Instagram profile on my hashtags and it's been insanely helpful, helping me reach like 70% of people that are not followers, which has been great. Um, so I measure that like website clicks, but it depends 
as well on what the intention of a post is. You know, so most posts might have um, the intention to just get engagement, whether it's comments or shares. But if you're going in for an ask, like telling people to sign up for a download or click something on your bio to work with you, whatever, then you want to mm -hmm. measure the website mm -hmm. clicks in that mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. that instance. So it depends on what you're trying to do and then deciding what are going to be the metrics that make sense for measuring that success. So then as well on the whole shares and even saves um, aspect, because I think they're both, I mean, even from Facebook's point of view, saves are a metric that you can use to retarget, um, which I found very interesting when I was doing some Facebook training for ads. Um, I see a, a lot of people, and I've done it myself with, with content, at the end of like a carousel or something or, or a story, you, you're asking for a call to action of something for them to engage with your post, either to write a comment below or like or share or save or turn on notifications. How do you feel about asking for that kind of call to action to mm. gain more attention? Because at the end of the day, we're all creating, we're trying to create attention around what it is we do, which yeah. I think is doesn't need to be a hollow thing. It's still at the end of the day, that's what it is. But in terms of your intention behind that kind of thing, do you feel like it's something you should be including as part of each post to say, you know, like, share, comment, save, turn on mm -hmm. notifications, like, or is it just a bit, yeah, I don't, mm, don't know I how to describe it. I see what you mean. Yeah, um, I'd say for the most part, do it, but there are some situations where it might not feel natural to tell yeah. somebody that. Um, off the top of my head, I can't think of an example. I know I had something recently where I didn't put a call to action. I think I was just telling a story. Mm -hmm. um, that I wanted to share with people and if they want to comment cool but I just felt like putting it out there um, but I do go more towards yeah putting in that call to action because there's a lot of people that are not naturally going to want to interact with the post or just the kind that scroll and don't do mm. anything so they love your page they love good day Frank but they never comment they never yeah. like they never do anything um, so by you putting that call to action it kind of just reminds them hey you know if you really like this content, then it shows me that you love me by commenting or sharing, you know, which is, <laughs> yeah. and if you're actually giving great value or, you know, whatever value means to your audience, because it can mean a lot of things for different accounts, then mm -hmm. you shouldn't feel bad about it. You know, it's, yeah. but if you're posting something stupid, like, a, I'm kind know, of on the fence about it. It's kind of like, I feel a bit icky maybe by going, yeah. Hey, share my posts. Cause then if I do ask, then people probably aren't more aren't as likely to do it. But then it's kind of like, you know, stuff it. I may as well just put it out there for some things. But I guess as well, as you said, it kind of comes down to context of what it, the content piece is. Yeah. If it's, if it's, you know, if it's you talking about something that's kind of personal to you, why do you think you need to get someone to share that post? Because right. it's just, you know, putting it out there. Whereas if it was something that could help somebody else um, and if that person shared it to their friend or, or a colleague or whoever, or a fellow designer, um, that seems more appropriate. Um, yeah. But even like in stories, like I see a, a few creators that they'll put up a post and then they'll say, um, you know, throw your two cents into this latest post. And it's like, okay, um, do I have to kind of thing? Like I, yeah. I'm happy, I've, I've seen your content and everything. I thought it was all right. I don't need to feel like I have to do it every time you post something kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, uh, are you of a similar kind of vein or is it something that you just go to like, well, each to their own, it's up to you. Yeah, you know, it's because I, I totally get it because that thought ran through my mind when I started 
putting my calls to action because before I was just telling people thank you for reading if I made a carousel yeah. um, maybe I typed it in the caption at the end um, but I felt the same way like uh, you know is this is this coming off as greedy or I don't know <laughs> just do I sound weird just icky slimy I don't know stuff like that um, <laughs> So I, I don't know. I mean, I think it also comes down to how you phrase it, because if you just tell people to put in their two cents, it's making them think too, way too much. You know, two cents about what? So ask them a question at least. You know, what do you think about blank? You know, whatever it is that you're talking about, you can share it on that post and then you can decide, does that make you feel icky or not? I mean, I would feel better at least uh, putting it that way rather than just telling people, go comment on my new post. That just feels selfish, phrase like that. Yeah, and we're probably terrible at it. In terms of from a marketing perspective, I think as designers, we, we don't get it. Like, I kind of think in terms of having to put ourselves out there, or very few of us probably do. Um, and that's probably a big thing from where you come from in terms of having that marketing understanding and social media perspective. Um, but in terms of getting back to measuring, because from that marketing perspective, you need to kind of measure like KPIs and and, and um or cost per clicks or customer acquisition costs mm -hmm. or, or, or lifetime value, all that kind of like weird metrics and everything like that that we're not thinking about as designers. Um, in terms of where I'm going with this is a very long tail, um, is having to understand where it is that your audience is interacting with you most to mm -hmm. then be able to funnel, you, funnel them away from your social media. So if your social media is top of the funnel, to get mm -hmm. them down to your website or call you or whatever it mm -hmm. is in terms of those metrics and, and calls to action um, mm -hmm. should that be a priority mainly for designers to be able to create something that isn't just social media like pretty much most yeah. of my stuff is just social media and I feel mm -hmm. like I'm in a bit of a, a black hole of not pushing anywhere anyone elsewhere apart from other social media or mm -hmm. just my website which has some stuff on there like I don't have a a marketing lead generation kind of document right, or something like right. that. But what would be a, a great execution of, of using what it is we're creating to then mm -hmm. turn that into something that would be beneficial for our business? Yeah, you know, um, I do think it's good to have the focus on social media at first to have people just be social. Um, but then you get to a point where you feel a little bit more confident. You are ready to go in for more asks of telling people to do other things um, that take mm. them out of social media. Um, so that actually brings me to Instagram stories that I think is a place where a lot of designers don't hang out enough in. Mm. Um, it is such a great place to just let your personality shine and take a little oh, bit yeah. of the pressure off of having because every single every single feed post feels like it just it takes more time to create, right? It's more like the brains of the operation and the stories are more like the heart and soul of everything. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, something that you can do is to host some kind of like little tutorial on your Instagram stories, and at the end, you can have a poll sticker and asking people if they need more help with the subject or what they thought about it or if they still have any questions, and then you follow up in the DMs with them and you just have a conversation with them. And you get to understand them better, and then based on the conversation, you can decide if you invite them, you know, to explore something else elsewhere, but that's just one way. Um, the other way is if you do have some kind of digital download or webinar that you're hosting, then do create content around that, teach something, provide a lot of value. And then by the time they get to that end slide or the end of the video or you know, whatever kind of post that you've created, they're gonna be wondering, okay, well now what? And you're giving them this 
this download or this webinar that is going to help them with that and tell them where to go. So in that case, you would measure website clicks um, in that situation. So I'd say don't overdo it, um, but do sprinkle it in there, um, especially if you're getting started, you know, just start off just by helping people a lot and then gradually you can start sprinkling in more more yeah. content like that telling people to do something yeah once you build rapport and yes exactly. become someone that they know like trust all that kind of stuff yeah fantastic. yes yes all righty well i think we might leave it there diana this is awesome freaking amount of uh <laughs> value in this um thank you so much for sharing um, your thoughts and, and practices and how you approach social media creation um, and content creation should i say um i think definitely a lot of creatives need to be doing more of this kind of thing if it's something that they enjoy and um, get some value out of it themselves. Yeah. So I thank you for, for sharing um, your wisdom in this area. Thank so uh, thanks very much, Diana. Where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram at Diana Get Social um, and LinkedIn. Um, pretty much all of my social media profiles are at Diana Get Social. Um, LinkedIn, Medium, uh, and YouTube, actually. I'm starting a YouTube channel. So that's going to be going Woo. up in two weeks. Yeah. Amazing. All right. I'll link you there as well when, <laughs> when that happens. I'll have to go back and edit the notes. That's all good. All right. Well, thanks so much, Diana. Thanks, guys, for Thank listening, you. watching wherever you are on either Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on YouTube, or even Google Podcasts now. Um, thanks, so much. thanks so much. And I will see you next time.